This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week, I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomenon. It's Friday, April 30th, and let's talk about the weather. Last night, you could tell something was changing. The wind started picking up. There was a coolness to the air. Marine air was starting to surge in. It was an onshore push, a marine push. And this was a sign that a front was approaching, pushing air against the coast and moving inland. And that ended a beautiful day. Temperatures getting up into the 70s. But the cool air brought it down pretty quickly. Now this morning, a moderate front is moving through. It's raining outside right now. I can, I can hear it. And many people will get a few tenths of an inch today, so it's significant rain that will wet down the surface. The front will move through this morning, and I think we'll have some showers this afternoon, maybe a little bit of a conversion zone north of Seattle. But I think we'll see partly cloudy skies, certainly by the middle to late afternoon for most people. Now, Saturday will be a day that will be partly cloudy, a few showers, highs getting up into the lower 60s. So, you know, it won't be a bad day, but you can expect a few scattered showers and a good chance of a convergence zone forming somewhere between Seattle and Everett. Now, Sunday looks like a really good day. A ridge of high pressure is building in aloft. I don't expect a big heat wave, but I think certainly temperatures will get up into the lower to mid, mid-60s. Lots of sun. So Sunday is going to be a, pro, a primo day. Now, on Monday, we'll have the ridge in the morning, but a weak front will be moving in during the afternoon and evening. So I expect some showers, light showers, on uh, Monday, late afternoon, Monday uh, evening hours. And then after that, another ridge will develop over the region, so it'll dry out on Tuesday into Wednesday. Now, the real weather comes later in the week. Thursday, Friday, a strong trough moves in from the Gulf of Alaska. And there could be substantial rain. We're talking about a half an inch through several frontal systems. So things are going to turn definitely wet then. Now, we need the rain because April was a very dry month. In Oregon, some places, it was a record dry month. And here in, in Seattle, it's a top 10 dry April. So you know we, we're going into May with a relatively dry soil. We need the rain. We will get some of it. Unfortunately, the extended models right now suggest that we'll go much drier during the middle latter part of May. So that could change, but we need the rain we're going to be getting, you know, during during the during the next week. We need that we definitely need that rain. Well, enjoy Sunday and even Saturday won't be too bad. Thank thanks for listening. Weather doesn't end with the forecast. Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week. A frequent question that I am often asked is how far into the future can one predict the weather? Now this is an interesting question that is not as simple as it may seem, since the answer depends on one's definition of weather. So let us define weather as the current state of the atmosphere. That the temperature at SeaTac is 67 degrees. 
exactly where it is raining or dry, and the specific locations of fronts and weather systems, things like that. With this definition of weather, we have some skill in weather prediction as much as one and a half weeks into the future, with forecasting skill rapidly declining over time. Now, forecasts are highly skillful for the first three days, with a noticeable reduction from three to seven days. Now, weather forecasting systems often have some skill in days seven to nine, but rarely after that, the forecast skill really tends to collapse as you go from roughly a week and a half to two weeks. Now, why does forecast skill fade over time? This was something first explained by meteorologist Ed Lorenz of MIT back in the 1960s, and it has to do with what we call chaos theory. Complex systems like the atmosphere are called chaotic systems, in which small uncertainties in their initial state increase in time, and that produces increasing uncertainty in weather prediction or prediction of anything. Numerical weather prediction models solve the equations that describe atmospheric physics, things like how clouds work or how radiation works, things like that. These weather prediction models start with an initialization, which is a 3D description of the state of the atmosphere, a three-dimensional view of temperature, wind, and moisture at some moment in time. The trouble is that we can never provide a perfect description of the atmosphere in three dimensions. Our observational systems are not perfect. Weather observations are not everywhere in other deficiencies. Thus, we start with an imperfect description of the weather and weather systems. And those imperfect descriptions produce errors that increase in time. But it is worse than that, I'm afraid. Our understanding of the physical processes in the atmosphere and the oceans are imperfect as well, such as, and such imper- imperfections like how clouds work lead to forecast errors that increase in time. Forecast skill has certainly improved during the last several decades. But how far into the future can our weather forecasts have skill? That's an interesting question. Now, our computer models have gotten much better, that's for sure. And now we have massive amounts of satellite information that provide a comprehensive three-dimensional view of the atmosphere. So things are getting better. But Professor Lorenz investigated this issue using a relatively simple model, and his work suggested that all weather forecast skill from our systems is lost after approximately two weeks. And his estimate of a two-week barrier to weather prediction appears reasonable even considering modern weather prediction systems. But don't worry, all hope is not lost after two weeks. We may not be able to forecast the exact state of the atmosphere after 14 days, But it does appear that we can have some skill in forecasting average conditions. Say whether the Pacific Northwest will be be warmer or colder than normal over a month, several months into the future. 
A good example of where we have some skill beyond two weeks is the correlation of El Nino and La Nina with weather conditions over the Pacific Northwest. El Nino, as many of you know, occurs when the tropical Pacific, and specifically the, the central and eastern part of the tropical Pacific, is warmer than normal. La Nina is just the opposite. The waters in the tropical Pacific are cooler than normal. Now, these features, El Nino and La Nina, are very slowly changing. And we do have some ability using ocean models coupled to the atmosphere to predict what's happening with El Nino and La Nina several months ahead. Now, interestingly, El Nino and La Nina have impacts on weather in the mid-latitudes, including our region. For instance, during La Nina years, we tend to be snowier than normal and cooler than normal here over the Northwest. So in September... If we are in a La Nina, and our La Nina, El Nino model suggests that the La Nina will continue, we can have some skill in forecasting a, a larger-than-normal snowpack in the Cascades and cooler-than-warmer conditions over the Northwest. We are not using El Nino and La Nina to predict the exact conditions, say on January 8th but rather that the winter will be snowier or colder than normal. You see what I mean? Now, I want you to expect that weather forecasts during the first two weeks will improve during the next few decades. As satellite data gets, gets better, the models get better, and other improvements occur. And I think our ability to forecast long-term, using El Nino and La Nina, or even running our models out for a year ahead of time, I think our ability to predict average weather conditions will increase as well. But do not expect that we will be able to predict the exact forecast con conditions nine months from now. We will leave that to the Farmer's Almanac, you know, which, will which does provide that service. And you can read that on the checkout stands of your supermarket when, you, when, you're, when, when you're paying for your food. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover. This podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog. See you next time.